Good Tuesday morning. It is, fuck is today's date? 28th? Yeah. A couple more days in September, and then we get into spooky season. Last night was a hard time for my little family. My son's father had been on the verge of losing his uh, 17-year-old blue healer for a while. Um, The dog had been puking up blood last week and wouldn't eat, would drink a little bit of water, uh, puked up anything that he was fed. So his time was coming and fast. And last Thursday, I held the dog in my arms and I pleaded with him to just wait a few more days because the boy's birthday was on Saturday. And true to his word and true to his heart, old Slickers waited until yesterday morning. And he finally crossed that rainbow bridge. My son took the news from his father and he held on as tight as he could. He waited till his dad hung up the phone and I could hear his father's tears on the other end. And then he looked at me and he started to cry. So I held the three of my children on our living room floor last night, let them sob out their pain and heartache for a family member lost. And my son asked me if we could pray for old Slickers. I said, you bet, bud. So we prayed for Slick and we prayed for Hans's dad that he would find peace and healing in this. And then I watched my seven-year-old stand up and fold his hands and look to the sky and say, God, please watch over Slick. And it occurred to me that my son, in his grief, reached out to God. And I felt pride and I felt joy in that. And I also understood the pain of being a parent and watching your child go through grief and praying to God that they find a way to go through it and be okay. Because somewhere along the lines, as adults, we lose that. We lose that ability to be okay with grief. And... It's interesting to see the simplicity of it in a child. Sorry, I take coffee break. So I struggled a bit last night. I tried calling my ex-husband, but he had shut his phone off. I'm assuming his on-again, off-again thing was probably over there consoling him, even though... A big part of me truly and honestly believes that she has no right because she's not family. So that's my bitterness talking, to be fair. That's a whole other different type of grief. But I guess my my big talk today is going through your emotions, how you resolve them, how you face them, 
whether or not you let them eat you alive. I talked to my brother, and after I got the kids calmed down, and after talking to him, and, you know, we both agreed the dog had lived a long, full life. He had lived much longer than most healers. He would have been 18 years old in December. He had lived a long life. And we agreed, you know, and something my brother said, because most of my tears were for my children. They weren't for me or for the dog. I loved Slick. He he was my comfort. The seven and a half years that I was with my son's father, that dog was more of a comfort to me than the man himself. And he stood by me through my pregnancy with my Annie and my Hans and stood by me when I got my tubes tied. Anytime, anytime I was in pain, mental, emotional, physical, that dog was there. And he got up with me every night when my son was a baby. He was the one that was up with mom. Every feeding, every little noise that boy made, that dog was up with me. He kept me calm. And the hardest part... was realizing that that dog had raised my son for the past seven years, had raised my daughters, had raised me for almost 10 years, and had raised my dog for the first three years of his life. And helped in making the dog he is today. Old Slick left behind one hell of a legacy. One that won't be very soon forgotten. And my son asked me, Mom, why can't dogs live as long as we do? And I said, because everything has its season. And dogs, their purpose is to be in your life for a season. And when that season's over, they leave. And he understood it. For a child's mind, he understood that, you know, animals come and go. They serve their purpose and then they're done. His father had an Arabian mare that lived well into her 30s. I honestly, I think she might have been early 40s when she finally passed. And the thing with his father's animals, they live extra long lives. They, they go above and beyond what is expected of them. And I think the biggest reason behind that is his father is one of those people who needs that, needs something to hang on to. 
whether it's meaningless, like his on again, off again thing, or whether it's something that raised him, like that horse and that dog. We all deal in grief differently. You know, I, I lost my dog, uh, Bocephus, on New Year's Eve 2011. He was five years old. And it shattered me. A good part of it did. That dog would miss Annie being born. But to think back on the five years that I had him, he was there with me during all of my pain. He was there and he ran with me. And maybe that was his purpose, was so I never ran alone. Because boy, did I run. Those five years, I ran every chance I had. And I don't mean put your sneakers on and take off down a path or through the woods. I mean, I loaded up my truck and I ran. I ran from everything. I would stay in a place for a few months and then I'd run again. And that dog was always ready to go. There was a reason he was aggressive and he was brave and he was fierce and strong because he knew If we were going to run, he had to protect mom, and he did. Even when I had my oldest child, he stood right by her. She was almost two when he died. And his season, his time, and his purpose were finished. Because he knew I would be in good hands, at least what he considered good hands. He knew I was done running, and so my running partner left. I had a horse that, she was my first horse. I got her for my 12th birthday, and wouldn't you believe it? She taught me patience, kindness. She taught me not to fear something four times my size. To respect it, but not fear it. She taught me wisdom and grace. She taught me what it meant to love something more than I loved myself. And that old mare left me just a few weeks after old Bo did. The tatters of my old life faded and unraveled within a few weeks. Animals come and go, same as people, but we love animals much more purely than we do a human being. An animal can't look at us and decide one day that they hate us. They can't look at us and vindictively decide, you know what, I'm going to find a way to break your heart. I'm going to find a way to hurt you. And they don't just get up and leave. They don't walk out on you. 
I talked to a friend, my Jerry, last night. And he asked me, he said, why are you crying over that dog? I said, you know, I don't know if it's the dog or if I'm crying for my children. If I'm crying for the pain that they are suffering because of the loss of that dog. And he told me, he said, well, that's why I don't like having pets. Because they die. And I could, I could see his point, you know. But that's also why he doesn't have a relationship. Because he's scared of that relationship walking out on him. Now, isn't it the saying, better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all? Better to have had your heart broken and ripped from your body than to have never known the love that made that kind of pain possible? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Prime example of that actually happened this morning at the gas station. I was standing there, bought a couple waters, my coffee, which, give me a second... And I seen through the front door a man in a camo jacket and he was hobbling, he was gimping. And I knew before he raised his face because I would know him dumb, deaf, and blind. Oh, Mikey. He walked in the gas station and walked right to me, gave me a hug, I kissed his face. And as we've done for, holy shit, 14 years, greet each other almost the way lovers would. A kiss on the face, a really warm embrace, a loving endearment of, hey, baby, or hey, sweetheart, or hey, honey. He taught me about grief when I was 17. He taught me what it felt like to have somebody walk away, to have somebody choose their own pain over you. And honestly, if a month or so later, And I didn't find this out for nine years. He's lucky I still love him. He was the cause of my second heartbreak. When his best friend had his mommy break up with me for him. But nine years later, I found out that the reason behind it, straight from the horse's mouth, was that Mikey had gone to Austin and told him that he still loved me and that he couldn't take it. He couldn't stand to watch his best friend be with the woman he loved. That first taste of relationship grief, because that fucking shattered me. That grief, became self-destructive. 
I went on a man-hating spree for five long years. And wouldn't you know it, old Bo went with me. But you find peace with your grief. I see Mikey and I don't think of the pain that he caused me 14 years ago. That's not what I see. I see the man who for 14 years has been there for me. That would face heaven and hell and put himself in front of me. I see the man that has loved me and guided me, who has always been there. Even if he was silent, he was still there. Your grief can turn to bitterness and anger. It can turn to longing and deprivation. Grief can spoil the soul, blacken the mood, throw you into depression so deep that you don't see a way out. Or you can nurture that grief when it comes. You can hold the door open as you would a grieving friend. Offer it a chair, bring it some tea, let it talk, let it cry, hold its hand. Let it work its way through. And then when it's time for it to leave, don't beg it to stay. Let it leave. And then clean the house as if you had a long-staying guest. Clean what's inside of you. Sweep out the rooms. Dust the furniture. Hang new linens. Wash the curtains clean the windows, freshen the room back up. Too many of us will sit with our grief and let it fester until it becomes a boil on us, till it becomes an open wound and the slightest poke, the slightest fracture in it will cause it to burst and poison to spread all over the rest of our lives. It's okay to acknowledge your grief. God, don't ever ignore it. But find peace with it. Make peace with it. If you have to force yourself to make peace with the fact that whatever you're grieving over, you can't change what happened. You can't change it and make it all go away. No matter how much you wish you could, and trust me, I myself have begged, God, give me a way to go back. Give me a way to go back so far that none of this ever happens. But I know that that can't be. So instead, the times that I'm in pain, I sit with it. I talk to it, offer it tea and a blanket and a hand to hold. I treat it as a sick friend. And then when it's time for it to go, 
I hold the door. So whatever you're grieving over, whatever loss, pain, heartache, whatever grieving you have left in you, think today about whether or not it's time for it to go. Have you fed it? Have you nurtured it? Have you spoken to it? Have you talked it out? Written it down? Treated it as a friend? Or have you bottled it inside? Have you thrown chains around its wrists and ankles? Have you clapped an iron mask over its face so you don't have to see it? Don't let grief become a prisoner in your soul. Break those chains. Nurse it back to health so that it can be on its way. Hope everyone has a good day and that you've gained something from this. I love you all very, very much. And I wish you a blessed and beautiful day.